And can Todd like learn what snowball means? Like, can he understand that definition? So he's sound like an idiot when he's like, "We're not snowballing. It's just losing six of seven. We're fine. Everything's okay here." It's like that <laughs> meme of the dog. And the I was just about to fire. say, it's that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> It's fine. This is fine. Nothing to see you here. Everything's fine. Right. Pirates we are born. Pirates we still be. We live on our ship. Out on the sea. We rain and plunder every water. Gets in our way. That's what happens in an average pirate day. Welcome back, Buck Bros, to this week's episode of the Buck Bros Podcast. Coming off an unfortunate loss against the Indianapolis Colts. I am Buck Bro John, and I am joined, as always, by Bryce, Ryan, and Zach. Guys, first off, before we get into the 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 damning nature of that loss, did everyone enjoy their Thanksgiving? Bryce, did you get that stuffing that you so desperately wanted? <laughs> What's up, Brocasters? I did get stuffing. I did not get the stuffing that I desperately wanted because – the Thanksgiving dinner I went to only served turkey breast. So there's not really anything to stuff into a turkey breast. Um, but nonetheless, we had a great Thanksgiving dinner. It was amazing. All the food was great. Family was awesome. Enjoyed my time thoroughly. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, not a great football weekend, right? So uh, things could have been better. But, hey, man, Thanksgiving was the ble- was the bomb. I had dark meat, which was great. Uh Bryce, you should try it. And a gang of mashed potatoes, zero stuffing. It's a great, great Thanksgiving meal. I like dark meat. I had no option. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) In one of the last one Thanksgivings you've had, you haven't had any dark meat. So it does seem an odd choice. Funnily enough, I didn't have any rolls. Leave it to my girlfriend's sister to not bring the rolls she's supposed to bring because they had expired. So there were no rolls at my Thanksgiving. How long was she sitting on those rolls? Bro? Uh, I don't so know. I'd party and be like, Oh, you wanted that. Al- I forgot that alcohol I was supposed to bring. Ah, dang. <laughs> oh no. Now, as I understand that they had rolls just in their daily groceries that they had had in their, pantry and they had set to bring those and uh when they pulled them out they were not ready to be consumed so but uh otherwise a great thanksgiving we had a great time with uh friends and family so just not the football outcomes that we wanted both gators and bucks pretty miserable performances and on uh, that topic uh i believe buck bro zach uh, you've got some questions, some comments, uh, uh, a little bit of thoughts going on uh, from that game. Why, why don't you break them down for us, and, and we'll go through them as a crew and, and see what it is that, that really stood out to us in this game. Certainly. So uh, for background, I wasn't able to watch the game. I was in Orlando, which apparently is on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean from Tampa Bay because I didn't get the game. The Jags game was on. So... My experience with the game is a 13-minute highlight video from uh, the NFL YouTube channel. So, um, being that I didn't watch any of the game, I have a few notes that I took, questions, a stream of consciousness that I'd like to bounce off of anyone who did watch the game to see uh, if you could add some color to that. And or listened. 
or listen. That's right. The first one, the most uh, jarring thing was right out of the gate. Uh, first and goal at the one equals three points. John, can you provide some some color to that? Yeah, we in the lead up to that that failure by the offense was what looked like a methodical, well planned out opening drive. Um, I think if you were wa- if you were at home and you were watching that, the Bucks looked good. We drove down the field solidly. Um, we got all the way to the end zone. I, I think you know even Ryan will break it down for you here in a second that. We had um, a big shot to Mike Evans that Todd Bowles did not review that should have been reviewed for a touchdown. We try to punch it in with Baker. He gets rolled up on uh, intentionally, in my opinion. Hurts his ankle. He's got to come out of the game. It looks devastating. Um, Kyle Trask comes in. You get a quick false start, backs you up away from the goal line. Uh, He misses a clear touchdown pass, just puts a little bit too much on it. Um, And we have to settle for that, that field goal. And then that kind of set the tone for the game. Had I think in that moment, I think if we could have rallied around a touchdown, maybe you get the the spark in there. But I think something went out of our sails a little bit there. The balloon deflated, and then you know Baker did everything he could. He wrapped up his you know his ankle. He got back in the game. We tried to rally back as a team, but it is very deflating to put together that kind of drive and only come away with three points. I just want to add that the highest graded PFF player for the offense was indeed Kyle Trask on this game. That ball was placed perfectly. Godwin's got to make that like get that second foot dragged in. And that's a touchdown. That was on the highlight reel also. Um, So yeah. uh, But to your point, John, yeah, very disappointing. Well, let me jump in here because John was mentioning it. And admittedly I was watching the first half from a golf cart but i remember if if i remember correctly mike evans made a hell of a catch um kind of on a skinny post up the field went over the defender and kind of reached out and they ruled him down at the one and that's what set us up on first and goal which then we led to the sneak uh and baker's injury if i were todd bulls I would probably have challenged that play because it looked very clearly that Mike had extended his arm past the goal line. And then you don't end up in those situations where we have a first and goal where your starting quarterback gets injured on your first play call and your wide receiver drops your second strings pass. Um, It's this, it's like this thing that frustrates me with Todd Bowles. It's like, like you said, John, that conservative nature just infected the team with that decision and then us not being able to punch it in. Uh, I think, and there were two calls like that. I think Payne had one at the end, but right there off the bat, if I remember correctly, Mike had a chance to get us up seven and uh, I would have challenged it. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Tough, tough way to start the game. What else were you thinking, Zach? I'd just like to add quickly, I saw a coach throw the red flag on a first down play that the team had on their own 30 that gained four yards, and he challenged to see if it was a catch. People are challenging plays that seem really inconsequential. Maybe a touchdown warrants that. That coach was Robert Sala, so I don't know if we want to fully emulate, but I was just saying, you can throw the damn flag. Okay, 
Uh, moving on, the first drive the Bucks had after the Colts had scored a touchdown, one of uh, Jonathan Taylor's two, I believe. Uh, the announcer noted after Baker was sacked on that drive that he was sacked again. I, the highlight reel, that is the first sack that they showed. So I was just curious if uh, it was obvious that Baker was under a lot of pressure uh, in a way that the highlight reel wasn't able to uh, communicate. Uh, this was one that was pretty clear on the broadcast. The receivers were not getting open uh, and Baker was scrambling quite a bit which is not unusual for this season. What was unusual this season was Tristan Wirfs was getting beaten badly and he was getting beaten all game and he was giving up pressure from that side and Baker just didn't have enough time. I do believe that was a miss. He did misspeak. That was the first sack of the game, but there ended up being several, um, I believe six total sacks in this game. But yeah, Baker Mayfield was getting rushed around quite a bit. And when your receivers can't get can't or won't get open and you don't have a line that can block for you very long, th those are the things that are going to happen. And, and it was just unfortunate. I mean, part of Baker's game is to be mobile, right? So when you sprain your ankle that bad, I doubt you're that mobile going forward. So you're essentially stuck to the pocket. He's never been a good pocket passer. He never has good pocket awareness. Uh, I'll take that back. He's He gets a little jittery in the pocket. His best aspect is running out and making a play on the run. If he can't do that, he's a little more ineffective. But, yeah, John, I agree. Like, the, the line looked susceptible. Uh, they did not do well in this game, worse in particular. Um, just even on the broadcast, listening to him on the radio, you could tell that uh, they were having trouble with whoever that defensive end was for the Colts. His name got called a lot. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it is a combination of bad line play and then just the immobility and Baker holding on the ball a little too long again uh, This for this game. I have no notes. Okay. Uh, I'll go to the other side of the ball for my next question. Uh, the defense looked really good on the first drive. What happened? We Did went they look good on the first drive, didn't they? I mean, outside of holding them to a field goal, they pretty much drove down the field. I even heard that on the radio. I think it it's like, the second down, drive. I think the down, second down. drive is it was a very good drive for the defense. Second we, drive, yeah, yeah. We yeah. we got away from man man coverage. Um, Carlton Davis was matched up in in tough situations, and he kept switching back from covering. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and their other receiver. I can't think of his name offhand. I apologize. Um, but that left Zion McCollum uh, all alone. And, and he just was have, wasn't was having a great game. He hasn't had a great game. Yeah. Um, we did eventually bring D Delaney in uh, for more coverage later in the game. And he, he ended up playing a lot better. Um, but we're not getting enough pressure. There, there's something going on there where we're just not hearing Shaq Barrett's name called enough. Joe Tryon Shoyanka had 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 a fairly decent game. Kalijah Kansi um, and Vita Vea were were trying their damnedest. They they actually did look very very good. Um, Anton Winfield Jr. obviously is always doing his best, but can only do so much from that safety position. Um, we're missing something, I, and I think it's the edge. I think it's that containment edge because their best runs 
were to that side um, that Joe Tryon is on. That's where they got most of their rush yards. That's where they got most of their pass yards. They definitely beat us outside the numbers, and we weren't able to set that edge. Um, and, and I think that's where a lot of that came in. I think if you get a little bit more pressure over there, we're just one player away, I think, right there from that being dangerous. I would summarize it like this. the We have a decent to good defensive line. You know, like young stars are coming in. Uh, Clyde Cancy looks good. Um, yeah, yeah, when given a shot, looks pretty good. Um, some of the players, Shaq, you want to see more out of, obviously. Tryon, though he had a good game, you want to see a little bit more out of overall. Uh, we have a superstar in the backfield, but just one. And we have just a dumb middle of the field. Um, <laughs> and don't you be hating on Levante like that. Levante well, didn't play this game. I know he Levante didn't, but I'm saying, so, like, are we just talking about this game? I'm talking about this I, game. I'm talking I, about okay. this game. For this game? Yeah, yes. you're, you're right. Yeah, I, I would never disrespect. Yeah, don't, we are dumb this game in the middle. Um, more than welcome to disrespect Devin Smith. I, that, that's perfectly fine for me. And if you do want to talk a little bit about the future and the younger guys playing, Servasier Dennis, uh, who did spend his years at Pitt playing alongside Kalijah Kansi, had a fairly decent game for what was essentially his first start. So I, I you know, that. You, you feel a little bit good about that pick going forward. I mean, he saved the touchdown on that fourth and one uh, call to Mo Alley Cox where Carlton Davis just totally bit and missed his assignment. And Travassier, I mean, he was he was on a, you know, he looked like he got shot out of a cannon catching. I mean, Mo Alley Cox is probably slow as shit, but still, like, he saved that from being uh, – they may have scored a touchdown after I forget, but um, – whether or get that he saved or postponed a touchdown, it was a good play. <laughs> I I'd only so I saw that play, and then I did see Savassier got uh, trucked by Taylor right, like for the second touchdown, he went right through Savassier. Growing ups and downs, but he did save that Mo Ali Cox. That play was ridiculous. When when you're a rookie, you're gonna have those plays. Uh, I, I imagine. And did did we have one more, Zach? Or, or are we making... I will end with one, uh, okay. since we've done offensive woes, defensive woes. I just want to this one. I think addresses the coaching uh, of the team. And I personally, granted, with the hindsight of knowing how the game ends, it's fourth down at the six yard line with four minutes left. Are you going to get that close again? Do you try for the touchdown there and then you only need three? Obviously, knowing how the game ends, you have to push the ball and you, you're not able to convert and you lose the game. In that moment, does anyone have an issue with kicking the field goal there again at the six? No, because you need okay. 10 points. Like you got to get that three regardless. So to your point, like what if you what if you don't we didn't make it back to field goal range ever again? So I, I don't disagree with that. I do disagree with a lot of Todd Bowles' decisions or non-decisions. Um, punting the ball twice from the opponent's 40 on like fourth and five or less is stupid, um, especially how that game was going. The defense was not playing well. Um, not challenging clear catches or, per, or potential touchdowns. Um, not calling a timeout when Kalijah Canty sacked Gardner Minshew and it was third and 23 with like – 
four minutes to go after we had kicked that field goal. Um, yeah, these are all things that would have put a lot more time on the clock, like would have given us a, a, a part to or a more time to potentially march down the field and score that tie-in touchdown, right? So I don't disagree with that call. I disagree with pretty much every other call that Todd Bowles made in this game. Well, one right. begets the other, maybe. Bryce is absolutely right, though. That's not the wrong one. The wrong ones came sandwiched around that. And and Bryce raises a valid point. We kicked that field goal. We're still down a touchdown. The defense goes out and gets a real stop. And then you don't stop the clock. You don't give your 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 offense a chance to, to compete. Um, I, not that touchdown, but the first drive of the game, which we had talked about earlier, that's when you go for the touchdown. When you're you're deep in you're deep in their territory and it's early in the game, there was no there was no need to settle for a field goal early in the game. We could have went out and got that touchdown. That would have at least showed a little bit of grit. Um, but no, we we made no attempt. We didn't attempt to give the ball to Rashad White. You know, even after he was playing really well and he had his best game of the season. Um, no, I. That one, you, you raise a valid point. In a vacuum, if you were only looking at the highlights, if you were only looking at the stats, why do you go for a a, a field goal in that situation, not the touchdown? Um, but I think Bryce's breakdown on that one is correct. I think I am just uh, a victim of having to watch Todd Bowles coach for so long that I really wanted to see him go for it there. Uh, and I was very disappointed. Granted, I knew how the game ended, but I was very disappointed because uh, the six-yard line, not somewhere we get to a lot, and really thought, is this maybe your best look? Like one play from the six, is that your best look at the seven? Because it feels like the kind of team that's their next look is going to be at best, last play of the game, 36-yard line, what you got. But I don't well, know. we did have a first and goal from the one earlier in the game. Which we ended Settle up with three. three. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Todd is like, remember who you are. This yeah. is what we do down here. <laughs> here, Mufasa, remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I appreciate that, guys. So that is going to wrap up our review of the Bucks' unfortunate loss to the Colts in week 12. Now we're going to go into by the numbers. This is my first week doing by the numbers, and I feel the need um since it is my first time this season doing this do some season numbers so i do have three numbers that represent season they're they represent for the whole season not just this game the first one and this one is dear to my heart is 91.6 baker mayfield's qbr that is exactly correct yeah. we have a winner i just want you to know that that's you know that's a good one i appreciate you all Believe it in me and knowing who I am as a person, and I am. A... We get some reference as to what the ninety-one point six on the scale of the QBR is. QBR is a hundred, right? Passer rating is one fifty-eight point three. One twenty. Ah, yeah, that's what I, I'm like. It it's average. I tried to help you out there, John. You know how many quarterbacks who have started every game this season are ahead of him? <laughs> Tell me, man. I five. So. <laughs> How many of them are in a playoff position right now? Three. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Who are so, the two that aren't? I like now. Who are the two that aren't? 
Um, I would ha I would have to go back and look, but I, I, I did look at that. I apologize. I, I can't go back and look at that. Um, now I don't know if three is right because I thought you were looking at it. I, I have it up. I have, <laughs> a, bunch be of, like uh, I have a bunch of tabs here. Four, my, this one's going to be a little bit my, harder. My numbers. It's Josh <laughs> Dobbs for sure. <laughs> my numbers are really important. That's the only numbers that matter. Um, <laughs> This one is also going to be a mild attack. 59.3. Oh, is that Mike Evans' catch for, uh What's it? Catch percentage or whatever it <laughs> that is. That is his catch percentage. <laughs> Puts him in valuable company over there. I got one for you. Nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's what's league average for catch percentage? I was gonna say, yeah. What percentile is he in that catch percentage? Is is he an average? Is he an average? Average receiver? Does he want average receiver money or does he want just Jefferson money? He's not an average to... receiver. He's lead, he's second in the league in touchdowns, <sighs> top ten in yards. Like, stop dogging the man. He's the best thing we got. I'm hoping that knowing where average is will tell me how he's <laughs> where he he lies. All right. Finally, here's a real here's a real one. This is a real by the numbers. I'll give you. This is a great one, and it is a season high stat, but it is a little different. 20.41 uh points averaged no sir hmm. this one is going to be a little bit more difficult this is a true by the numbers uh like i said it is a it is a season it is a season high it's a player stat if you're interested it is an individual player stat 20.41 yes sir so that's Someone's their average epa it is not an average uh, I mean, was it yeah. worse like PFF grade last week? No, I think he, I think he ranked out in the sixties. Um, this one's going to be much harder to to save the listeners at home some dead air time. This one's going to be a little bit more difficult. This was twenty point four one miles an hour. Rashad <laughs> White's top speed. Booking that's a good one. That's a good one. That was a good by the number. Was that when he was on the sideline? Uh, there's like. He yeah, was that was a few times for the highlights. Yeah, that that was breakaway to the right side. Um, that was his top speed of the season. Uh, on his one of his one of his best performances of his career, best performance of the season by far. Um, Rashad well, I'd White. Be if I hit like fifteen miles an hour, I don't even know if I'm even getting. I feel like double digits. Double digits yeah. would be sick. Well, I could get to ten. <laughs> When's the last time you checked? I'm gonna go on treadmill tomorrow and just put it on ten and see what. Oh, happens. okay. I, I guess know, I know damn well I couldn't put the the treadmill on ten and survive it. Okay, I use the handrail when I go up and down my own stairs, so I'm definitely not hitting that kind of speed. But thank you guys for playing by the numbers. I I recognize that that that's not something that I do often, and so you you, you all had me there, but but I appreciate it. Uh, next up, we are going to go into our NFC South tracker real quick. And the NFC standings were changing in our favor this week. We really needed that win. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to come away with it. Um, in at the top of the NFC South right now is the Atlanta Falcons uh, with a five and six record. They do hold the tiebreaker over the New Orleans Saints, who are also at five and six. Um then your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, four and seven, still only one game out of first place. And the not mathematically eliminated from hosting a home playoff game, Carolina Panthers, 
are a cool one in ten with a winning percentage of .091. If they went out and get a little bit of help here and there, uh, they can host a playoff game. And so with that, we will go to our favorite segment here is going to be What the Buck, Bro? And this week's biggest blunder or folly during week 12 is going to be, let's start with Buck Bro Ryan. What's going on with you this week? I got my What the Buck, Bro. And uh, I got to shout out one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time, Bill Belichick, because his team has accomplished something that no other team has accomplished this year. It's really quite incredible. Uh, Every other team, when they have forced their opponents to score 10 or fewer points this year, has won that game. Other than Bill Belichick, it did happen this week against, I believe it's the Jets, uh, or Giants, I think, actually, the Giants. And funnily enough, it happened last week as well. So they're the only team that that has happened to and it's happened to them twice so shout out to bill belichick and the patriots uh doing everything on defense and doing nothing on offense what the buck yeah you you know my thoughts on bill belichick and uh my mother was in town for thanksgiving always grew up a giants fan uh loved that game the non-PC terms that I had heard my mother use for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Always fun. Um, Bryce, talk to me about Josh Nobbs. Yeah, my affectionate name for Josh Nobbs uh, and his performance on Monday Night Football against the Bears. Uh, But I'm going to change my what the buck because I just got to get this off my chest. Uh, Billy Billy Napier has been on this list for three or four times. And I, I got to just give it to him one more time because I, I, if anybody was watching the Florida-Florida State game, as I'm sure there were some people as we live in the state of Florida and most of our Buck listeners are probably either Gator or Seminole fans. Uh, the Gators were up 12 to nothing in the second quarter, having just uh, recorded a safety against the Seminoles and we received the you know kickoff and took it back to the 40 got all the momentum on our side got everything going crowds raucous it's rocking in the swamp you know what the best play call possible would be for that moment a double reverse flea flicker with your backup quarterback uh to to really just put the nail in the game and to to really shut them down but as you know, anyone with a brain cell would have expected, it didn't work. We essentially got sacked because it was a uh, intentional grounding on the quarterback. Um, so it turned into second in like thirty, back in our end uh, of the you know field. And from that point on, it was pretty much all FSU. All the momentum that we had gained and earned in, in that game just went out the window. And it's just you know par for the course for Napier. He's just such a terrible game man like the two teams that I love and follow have the worst coaches probably uh on the sidelines um you know in terms of knowing how to manage a game it's really dumbfounding I I feel like I could put a fifth grader out there and he could coach a better game and he probably doesn't even understand half the game so yeah I mean 
I'm glad the season's over because I don't have to watch any more of this ridiculousness, except for on the Bucks side, probably. But yeah, what the Bucks? Sorry, uh, couldn't let it go. <laughs> You're back on the list, Napier. I I was just gonna say I really hope Napier finds us because he will have just this treasure trove of <laughs> just being like, you know what? I'm gonna have to switch again. It's Napier. It's always Napier. <laughs> I submitted something else. But then I thought of Billy Napier and I had to switch. So you know, hopefully you're listening, Billy. The I will say in your guys' defense, that was probably the first game this season that I watched all the way through of the Gators just because uh, my sister is a big FSU fan um, and they were up for, for the holiday. And I was like feeling it. We looked good. We were kicking their ass on defense. We had them messed up, man. I was like, oh, shit. I was rubbing in my family's face and shit. I was talking some shit. I was teaching the baby how to do the chomp. You know what I mean? It was fun. But uh, they let me down, and that's not unusual, obviously. You know, things hurt when you used to be good, and now you suck. And that's one of those things I deal with with the Gators. But Napier, dog, he has got to go. I will give you guys that one all day long. Yeah, he and has that- sucked the joy out of Gator football for me. It, it sucks. I hope we – I don't expect it, but here's hoping that he turns it around. But – that ain't gonna happen. And then last, uh, not lastly, but next up, we have Buck Bros Zach, who would like to talk about some tepidation in this previous week. Yes, David Tepper. He owns the Carolina Panthers. He fired Frank Wright this week. I believe it was Monday. And that makes the third coach he's fired. Um, For some context, the Panthers as a franchise, which was founded in 95, had three coaches that were fired prior to him taking ownership of the team. He's now fired three coaches since 2019. All three have been fired mid-season. This is a man who's publicly saying he has patience. Obviously, he has no patience. And hearing him get up and defend the pick of Bryce Young as well, uh, nobody's buying that. And I feel bad for Frank Reich, though I don't know why he would take that job. Uh, as a Bucks fan, it's great to see that that franchise is, I mean, they just have terrible ownership. And they've put all their, uh, they've invested themselves in a very tiny, ill-equipped quarterback of the future. So, Good to see it from that perspective, but it's still like you scratch your head at this guy who's clearly like one of the more difficult owners uh, in the NFL and was, I believe, prior to the the Walmart people buying the Broncos, he was the wealthiest owner in the NFL, a big billionaire guy, made an honest living as a, an investment advisor, very honest, hardworking guy. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking. It's definitely a what the buck for me, uh, but at least it is the downfall of a rival. So, well, I mean, no, I guess they wouldn't have a pick next season. So you trade that to the Bears. Oh yeah, Woo! that's the only thing. I mean, I know we're going to get into the game preview, but they are not a team that has a reason to tank. They don't have a pick, so like they they're laying it all out on the line. Tank for the second round. <laughs> I think they traded that too. Take for the third round. I don't know. There it is. Yeah. 
day two somewhere. <laughs> day two, day, day three tanking. All right, and last but not least, my what the buck, bro, this week. I, I kind of went over it earlier. It's definitely going to be Tristan Wirfs. Now, this is a guy who you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a Bucks fan or an NFL analyst or anyone really who would have something negative to say about Tristan Wirfs. He, he's allowed the fewest quarterback pressures, I believe, since he's come into the league, and, it, and it's not even been close. The guy is an absolute star. He just picked a terrible week to have the worst performances of his career. And it truly, it, it wasn't the whole reason we lost, but it, it certainly did not help. And I'm sure that he's working through injury. He may not have been feeling well. I'm willing to give you all the benefit of the doubt, but please, for the love of God, man, do not let this be more of the things to come because you are a freak of nature athlete and we truly need you going forward. All right, jump out of a pool. Like, yeah, that that's my favorite that's, video. I show that it's like that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And he's three hundred and what fifty pounds or something like that. It's just yeah. insane. Yeah, I can barely get out of a pool with steps. And so, with that, I would like to bring us to our week thirteen game preview. We are taking on the Carolina Panthers. I believe that is going to be at home this weekend. We were flexed. Excuse me, flex is not the right word for that. We were demoted to CBS for this week. And so we will be taking on the Carolina Panthers at 1 in 10. As you all just said, they do not have a reason to tank. And why would they when you take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we can let your rookie quarterback look like an absolute star? Let's start with Buckbo, Buck Bro Bryce. What are your keys to this game? And give us your score prediction. Yeah, I mean... To your point, like we, I don't know. I guess we kind of broke the rookie curse against Will Levis, um, but maybe the Panther, you know, David Tepper could come out like, "See, I told you he was the right pick." Bryce Young just threw for four touchdowns against the Buccaneers. He's definitely going to be an All Star going forward. <laughs> um, yeah. So my keys to the game, you know, they got to change up something. Kind of like us changing hosts this week. You got to do something different. Uh, than what we've been doing because we've lost six out of the last seven. Uh, it's snowballing, Todd. In case you didn't know what a snowball is, it's it's quite a snowball now. Uh, the defense has just got to play better. I'm hoping we can get some healthy players back. I don't know if that'll be the case. I don't think Levante practiced today. I don't think Jamel Dean practiced today. I don't know if anybody practiced today because they were in t-shirts and crap doing just walkthroughs. So good to know we're you know taking this seriously. Um, but in any case, if the defense if Levante David can play, I think it'll be better for the defense. Obviously, he's the leader of the whole group. Um, he really solidifies the, the back end of the front seven much more than obviously Devin Smith does because he is just useless uh, this season. Um, this team, this is a team that <laughs> we got to beat. If you can't beat the one in 10 Panthers, then I, I you know, I assume Todd Bowles will probably be let go at the end of the season, the way that this season is going, but you can go ahead and just fire him. Like take a page out of Tepper's book. If we lose to the Panthers, go ahead and fire him. Just, just do it. Let him go. There's no need for him to be here anymore. You can't beat the one in 10 Panthers with an interim coach and just a terrible, terrible team. I don't even know what, what you're doing coaching any football team really at, at this point. So that's my key to the game. 
Don't lose. Don't lose should be on our – they should write that in the Bucks locker room. That should be our warm-up chant. That should replace E to W. Just come on, man. Don't lose. All right. And then Buck Bro Ryan. How are you I, feeling about this week's matchup? I was going to say, I just imagine, you know, Rudy and Notre Dame, they're going up to hit the sign. All the Bucks players, don't lose. Don't lose. Don't lose. <laughs> just hitting the sign on the way out. Really, there aren't keys to the game. This game that we haven't said all season. My key to this game is don't play down to your competition for once, please. Um, focus on your game. Don't. <laughs> it's like Bryce said, this is a team that we should beat. Point blank. They just fired their coach. They are in disorganization. They have one win. They have a rookie quarterback who's not showing a whole lot of promise. If we don't get in our own way, we should win this game. Don't get in your own way. Just don't play down to their level. Don't let them hang around. Get out to lead and just put your foot on their throat. You know, it's Keyshawn. This this that team when you USC and they San Diego State, this is what you do to them. You bury them. You put your foot right on their throat and don't let up. That's what we do this week. Yeah, but USC was terrible this season. I mean, we're like the current USC. (laughs) I'm just going to look at you to express my displeasure with your comment. I don't don't think that that's necessary. Ryan made a – Ryan did a great Keyshawn impression. He he like – he added something new that wasn't just like don't lose. Like, I appreciate that. Ryan can do a little bit more when he's not hosting. He's got got great stuff in the bag. I like it. Zach – what do you have that might be a little bit different? What what give me give me an extra pretenious. Use one of them big scrabble words that you like. Tell me something tell me something great about this game where, where we can really where we can really improve. I I just want to quickly say USC beat San Jose State 56 to 28 this year. So, um I don't recall right. Did you say San Diego State? It's the same thing, right? <laughs> San Jose. Okay, that that you should hope you have their quarterback next year. <laughs> That's um, Chicago Bears. So, yeah. Um, I think my number one, like they fired their head coach. Yeah, it's not like the normal like reason we saw this year with like Antonio Pierce. Like coaches uh, when they fired McDaniel's, like coaches shit. Nobody likes the coach. Get him out of here. Let's everyone rally. I think the only one who didn't like Frank Wright was. Tepper like I think everybody else was like this guy just got here so I don't think you have to worry about like a, a rallying effect like with the Raiders when they rattled off a couple wins out of nowhere when they fired uh, McDaniels I think Worf's it's a tough tough ask to bounce back with Brian Burns being on the other side so I think we'll get a, a quick pulse check on how he's feeling and how he's looking um I have zero fear about Bryce Young. I understand that I could very much be eating those words in a few days' time. He is bad. He is tiny. He is the same height as Nick Saban, who is five six max, like with lifts on and like the hat or something. Like the the bump up from the headset puts him at five six. Bryce Young's tiny. He can't see anything. 
He has no zip on the ball. When he tries to sidearm it, it's hilarious because it looks like he's skipping stones, the thing's so damn low. He is not a good quarterback, objectively. And I'm going to be very upset if I see his stat line and it's like C.J. Strouds from when we played them. Coincidentally, only team that the Panthers beat this year is the Texans. So uh, weird stuff can happen. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to like bet a finger on this game, but I would be very upset and very disappointed with anything short of a win. I don't care if it's by one, because to Ryan's point, you know, we do play down. We do, we do not do a great job burying teams. Um, but I just, I have confidence that kind of scares me in this game. Man, to my point, just don't lose. You know, I don't care if you win by one either. Yeah. Don't as, lose. Don't lose. As, yeah. Stop losing. As Steve Spurrier once said, uh, Gators by one or more. So I will take that for bucks. I was waiting for the Vin Diesel quote. But uh, so that's what actually what I was going to leave you all with is, uh, as Dom Toretto said, uh, ask any racer, any real racer, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Uh, this was obviously before he went to space, obviously before the rock grabbed his hand. <laughs> uh, a long time before that, when he was still rocking the 3000 GT that he was driving in that movie. But he was right. It doesn't matter. Nobody remembers how you won, only that you did win. All right. And with that, this week, let us take it all the way down to our fantasy predictions. As always, we will take one Bucks player and one player at large from the NFL. This week, I believe first up to bat is going to be Buck Bro Bryce. Who are you taking and why is it Mike Evans with your first overall pick? I don't even know why it's going to be Mike Evans with my first overall pick because he is the best offensive player we got on the team. Um, so go ahead and just put that down. All right. Okay. Let me just do a little. Yeah, make sure we uh, do these standing updates. I, I like what I'm seeing here. I will do the standing updates here in a moment. I apologize. I uh, only have one screen right now. Um, while I'm pulling that back up, Zach, you have the second pick for your Bucks player. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Who do we like? Who do we like? So, um, it's probably Rashad White. Yeah, it's Rashad White. No analysis other than he's the hot hand. Well, the second hottest hand. And, and with that, I, I just would like to say that um, as it's coming up to my pick, and, and I am going to take Baker Mayfield this week, uh, I took Payne Durham last week to some very ugly looks from the crowd here. Uh, and he was he was within inches of getting a touchdown and, and probably more touches throughout the game. And so I, I don't appreciate that. It looks like Zach is already trying to fill in some tiles over here. Uh, before we hit the rubber and turn around and go back through our players at large, Ryan, who is going to be your Bucks pick this week? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no Keith. <laughs> yeah uh yeah Koki Fatsu no one is taking Chase McLaughlin this season who isn't that our kicker 
<laughs> I'm. I gotta go. I. I just. I feel like he just has the most potential, even though he's, he's not. Due. It's Godwin. It's gotta be Godwin. It has to be. These uh. The I'm gonna get everybody uh like trading cards with the with these four players on them because we are just going back and forth. <laughs> So, and before we turn around and let and let Ryan take the first player off the board for this week, let me do a quick standings update. I believe these are up to date, the ones that I'm looking at right now. Uh, I will start with, in the losers column, uh, that would be John at a solid 331.32 points on the season. Uh, then there is quite a large, about a 60-point gap uh, into third place, and that's going to be Zach. Uh, bringing it in with 383.8 points. No, nope, that's that's going to be Ryan. Ryan with 383.8. Oh, you got to highlight the whole thing. That's Ryan with 383. I have bad vision. Um, And then right above that, uh, real close, the hustle ball is in a dead heat here. Um, 392.72 points. 392. So a separation uh, of less than 10 points here is Bryce in a solid second place. And then, wow! Look at that, Zach. Wow, indeed. Hold I mean, What a what a turnaround! Uh, almost a forty point margin at four hundred and thirty point five two points. Uh, nearly has me by a hundred points. It looks like almost <laughs> ninety nine and a half points. He's got me beat by right now. Um, anyone's game. Yeah, anyone's game. There's a lot of weeks left. In fact, I don't think that there are. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks left for me to close a hundred point gap. Uh, stranger things have happened and with that let us go to our players at large from the nfl and to remind everyone at home every week we take one bucks player and one bucks player at large to be our tandem in fantasy bucks players uh, can be picked more than once players from the nfl can only be picked once a season so once they are picked by any buck bro they are off the board for good so ryan who are you taking I had a screen in front of me, and now I can't minimize it. So I'm going to go with the name that I had at the top. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Can't Great Chiefs running back. Yeah, Chiefs running back. He's been looking really good lately, getting a lot more work. I, I like that. That's a great pick. He runs like he's mad at the ground. And then following that up, because I also have a screen that I cannot minimize, it is going to be, oh shit, it's me. All right, and with that, I'm going to take, I can't take Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs was taken in week 11, Um, and I already took Russell last week. What's the quarterback we're playing this week? Bryce Young. Oh, God. Give me Bryce Young. Oh, God. <laughs> three touchdowns 385 yards through the air I smell a 50 point week coming <laughs> i was like john just hoping for the shootout now <laughs> and with that i believe that we are going to zach he has the pick this week number three spot i will take tony pollard Yes, yeah, they play Seattle Thursday night. And he has not been taken yet, pretty sure. Okay, Tony Pollard. 
All right. And with that, we are going to go to Buckbro Bryce wrapping us up. Who is going to be your NFL player this week? Zach Moss. Oh. With JT being out. All okay. right. And with that, we have Buckbro John going with Bryce Young and Baker Mayfield. Bryce taking Zach Moss and Mike Evans. Good picks there. Probably going to light up a lot of points. Ryan taking Isaiah Pacheco and Chris Godwin and Zach bringing it in with Tony Pollard and Rashad White. A lot of on the ground points there. Hoping for a lot of catches out of the backfield, I imagine. And that'll wrap it up for our fantasy predictions for this week. And then we are going to have the same Bucks trivia question this week as we did last week. Uh, we figured with the holidays, it wasn't fair to rush you all through a one-week pick. And so we are going to maintain the same question. It will be posted on our Instagram this week. Uh, you guys get on there, throw on your answers, make sure you tag some friends and family, uh, get them to follow the account. That, that's how we That's how we do this without spending a lot of money on advertising. So we do appreciate that. The question this week, as with last week, is going to be, what quarterback threw five touchdowns against the Bucks on Thanksgiving Day 2006? That is going to be our question again for this week. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram, X, whatever it is that you use to follow Buck Bros. And so with that, uh, you know, thank you all for joining us again on another episode of the Buck Bros podcast. Um, as we like to say here, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. We are favored by five and a half at home. Don't lose. Don't lose. Don't lose. Don't lose. It kind of sucks having John host because we don't get any, like, you know, off-the-cuff rant that I just love hearing. We can do both, baby. You know, what is what is what's really grinding your gears? Yeah, John. What's really getting <laughs> getting actually to you? I don't know if that's the time for, for a grinding <laughs> gears rant. I will honest. I will I will come I will what I'll do is I'll start opening these set I'll start opening the episodes with that if that's what you really want. But I really enjoyed hosting this shit was fun. Um one time thing. You're done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm cut off. This is my one thing. <laughs>